Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we're going to be talking about agile auditing. And to talk about that topic, I have the honor to have as my guest, Toby DeRoche. He's the author of the book, Only Audit What Matters, which the ebook came out last month. And the print version is coming out this month. And he's also the founder of the site Insights CP. Welcome, Toby, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thanks for having me, John. Absolutely. So agile auditing. I took a look at your book. I couldn't read the entire book because there's quite a bit of information there, but I got some, some good nuggets from the book there. I'll, I'll start with a question that um, at least I've, I, I've experienced that in my career which is there's a difference between being agile and doing agile. Mm -hmm. So in your view, how can we get past the doing agile and actually being agile? That's a great question. You know, so, so much of what you learned about agile, not even just agile auditing, but agile as a, as a concept in general, you learn that agile is a mindset and you have to get out of this way of thinking that it's just part of the way, like part of a process and part of a, a methodology. And the agile people get really irritated when you start talking about agile as a method or a framework or anything like that, because it's, it's a mindset. We really have to start thinking about this. Like I'm not there to try to do something faster. I'm not there to just break something up into chunks and do something like that. you you really are working toward, uh, Thinking about what matters the most. That's why the book is titled this. It's all about what matters the most. Because we have to think about what the organization is actually trying to accomplish. And we have to be able to adjust to that. And so like we always talk about, don't get yourself stuck by planning. Don't think about things in terms of a year. Because you have no idea what's going to happen next month. Let's by the end of the year, right? And so you have to be agile enough to make those, those moves and audit where you need to be, not where you plan to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's, that's in your book. You say the entire premise of agile is to audit risks that matter when they matter. I think that's like, if you could summarize, that's a great summary of agile audit. So in your view, what is the best way for people to accomplish that? Cause it's, you know, it's tougher in practice. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> It's tougher to put it in practice, right? It's a lot easier to say it than it is to do it. Um, and so when we talk about actually, actually going down this path, what we're talking about doing is breaking things up into smaller bite-sized pieces. So whenever we start talking about our plan, and I'm, I'm going to be somebody who says, you still have to have a plan because we'll make everybody super uncomfortable if we say throw away the plan. Cause I did try that and it, it just made everybody super, super uncomfortable. So we have to think about things in a smaller, smaller frame I have reference. And what I'm finding works best is one quarter. So still, you're going to go through your risk assessment. You're going to come up with where you need to be, but don't think about things past three months from now, because you have no idea what's going to happen. And so if we start to think about this, like, you know, it's November, December, and we're planning out for January, where you can't really think out past March. So stop trying. And just look at what's in front of you and we can do our risk assessment, figure out which risks are the highest importance right now. And we set a plan around those understanding that 
when I get to probably March, I'm going to do this exercise again. And things that I thought might be important in April may no longer be important. And so I'm going to constantly just churn this thing over and over again. And part of this whole agile mindset is that I might get to March and something else has already become more important. You know, the, the pandemic hit us. This was a great exercise in agility because we had just gotten through putting our plans together and we went on lockdown and everybody had to throw the plan away and just immediately adjust and say, okay, now I got to worry about business continuity planning, working from home. I've got an expanded IT footprint. I've got all these other things I have to worry about. And so you had to really quickly pivot. And that moment right there, that's when most people understood what agile meant. Because it's not just doing that in a crisis, it's doing that all the time. Because while it might not be such a big event, we're always working this way. We're always, you know, being hit by something new that we didn't see coming. It might be some IT attack. It might be some global event, some geopolitical thing. There's always something happening. And we have to ask ourselves, are we actually reacting to these things? Or are we just letting them fly right past us? Right, right. Get a great point. And it reminded me of, a, you know, one of the companies that I worked in, uh, the VP of audit, we would have our plan approved. And then he would always tell us, like, we got the plan approved yesterday and, you know, it, it can change tomorrow. But still, mm -hmm. they were doing annual audit plans, <laughs> so it, which is kind of crazy, right? And a great point. It's it, We don't need to wait for like a big event like the pandemic for us to adjust, mm -hmm. right? It can be quarter to quarter, whatever frequency works, uh, depending on the organization. So great point. Uh, in your book, you have something that's called the Agile Audit Transformation Blueprint. So you kind of work step by step through the process of transforming your internal audit department into an agile audit. So without giving the secret sauce here, Toby, mm -hmm. you know, cause we just want to cover a little bit of the book, but yeah. what are some of the key elements from that blueprint that you can share here with the listeners? To so keep it simple, um, what this blueprint really does is it breaks it up into about a 12 week plan of moving us from traditional way that we, we generally work to working in a more agile way. And as we go through that whole process, that blueprint, it's meant to guide you through thinking about how your team best learns, uh, where you are on a maturity scale. Um, you know, a simple question is how much do you know about agile? And we're all going to come somewhere different on that list. Or what kind of a risk assessment do you do? What's it look like? Are you working in processes? Are you working in specific risks and you've got generic risks? What does it look like? And to get to that point where we're, we're ready to say that we're going to work in an agile fashion, we have to get out of some of these older preconceived notions. Like if you're doing a risk assessment right now, I'll give you a really good example. And you say, well, I use a preset list of risks. You know, I'm doing, you know, financial, regulatory, operation, strategic technology, or frost risks. If you're doing that and you're applying that evenly across, well, you have no idea what's actually happening in those processes. Your risk assessment tells you absolutely nothing. Because yes, there's financial risk in accounting. That's not a surprise. There's probably technical risk in IT as well. That's not a surprise. You got to get down deeper because 
when we start to understand that our risk assessment is in those detailed risks, they don't have to be super, super detailed, but you have to have enough to understand that if I say, I'm going to go at audit X, what am I walking into? Um, so I, I'm not worried about capturing things in that categorical level. I need to be deeper down. That way I understand where I'm sending people, what they're going to look at. And so we're going through all of these things in this blueprint, all the way through like planning out pilots across all of this, this about a three month uh, plan to get to that point where you're ready to go. And inside of that, there's training events and coaching events. And it's really understanding where the team is going to need help and being prepared for all of that. So that's your blueprint. That's your plan of attack when you go into it, ready to do that transformation. Yeah, that's, that's a great point that it's not so much prescriptive, right? It's not, there's no formula that you're going to follow. You kind of have to, all. yeah. Everybody's different. I mean, in the, in the end, we're all unique. You know, every group is going to have its own nuances. Every company has its own risks. Um, you know, even you move from retailer to retailer, bank to bank, whatever it is that you're in, in your industry, they're all different. And so we, we can't say there's one way. And I think that's actually where a lot of these initial groups who tried to go into agile auditing, where they, where they failed, because I knew a lot of the big four consulting firms and a lot of those guys came through and they had their prescriptive plan because they were working off of what agile looks like in technology. You know, they took their software development way of working and they just try to just jam it down into, into a lot. It doesn't work that way. We're different. We don't need all of those things. And I, I think that's one of the things that once, once people understand that it's less scary because they, they might think, well, I gotta. I'm going to have to build out all of these ways of planning up for time. And well, I heard they use the Fibonacci sequence to come up to some of this stuff. I don't even know what that means. And so, and it gets really scary really quickly. And the truth is inside of audit, we don't need any of that stuff. You know, we can keep it, keep it simple and take the best of what's in agile and just grab onto it and make it our own. We don't have to be so prescriptive with these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, some people call it the kiss approach. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> All we need. <laughs> so going back to your book, there's a lot of content there for the listeners here to, to learn from. One of the things that you have there is a 12 week agile audit transition plan. Mm -hmm. So looking at those 12 steps, what in your opinion would be kind of like the hardest one that the hardest hurdle that people can't get past in your experience? Yeah. I'll, I'll base this on what everybody else has told me. And I've, I've been working with lots of groups who are going through this, this transition, moving themselves into an audit way of working. And the hardest hurdle is ourselves every time. We have an easier time convincing the organization that this is the right move than we do convincing our own teams. And back to where we started, you know, we overthink it. We get so stuck in this idea that it's going to be a hard a hard move. We're not going to meet the standards. We're not going to do something. We're going to miss something because we didn't do end to end process audit and all of those things. You know what? There's some validity to them. The standards piece, I've actually mapped out every single one of the standards to an agile way of working just to prove it for myself that I know we're going to be fine. Cause I would not go down this path if I hadn't done that. Um, but you know, when you start to look at the way we do our work, we, we spend a lot of time doing this end to end audit. And so many times we walk in cause we didn't do a detailed risk assessment. We have to do one when we get there. 
And so we start off by doing a project level assessment, doing a big walkthrough, and then we just attack everything. And we look at things that no one cared about because we looked at everything. When in reality, there was only a handful of high risk areas that we should have paid attention to. We could have focused on just those that mattered and then moved on. And management would have been just as happy. Maybe happier because we wouldn't have written three or four issues on some lower level stuff that no one actually really was worried about. But now they got to go deal with it. You know, and this is how we end up walking into those closing meetings and people look at our report and say, this looks like a bunch of paperwork issues. And this looks like some stuff, you know, that's not what we want. We don't want that at all. We want people to read our report and say, yes, this matters. I need to go fix these things. And there's no fluff. There's no issues in there that someone looks at and says, well, I could have fixed that. That's not a big thing. We don't want that. We want anything that we have in there to matter. So it's us. We're the ones that get in the way. We get in our own way every time. Yeah. Amen. Amen to getting to that final meeting and then people being like, yes, this is what matters to the organization. So I really appreciate your time here on the podcast. Toby, for those who want to learn more about the book, more about the services that you provide, uh, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Always on LinkedIn. You can always find me there. Uh, but if you want to go out to our website, we have one that's um, agileautotransformation.com. That's all around all the services that we provide. There's examples of the blueprints out there. Um, we don't hide anything. You know, the way that I look at this is if you want to go it alone, more power to you. Here's everything I can give you. If you want help, I'm here to help. So it's anything, anything in between. Awesome. Thank you so much, Toby.